and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Hey, this is Robert. I want to give you a quick heads up about a special event that we are a part of in Denver on May 14th. Uh, We are collaborating with Zach Rawlings from the Misunderstood podcast and Sam Pike of the Forum Stories uh, to bring you an evening of stories and more at Wonderbound's downtown rehearsal studio. Uh, You can find more information about this show, which is called Totally Normal Stories of Mental Health by visiting thenarrators.org. Our regular shows for May are May 10th in San Diego at Tiger Tiger Tavern and May 18th at Den- in Denver at Bumpport Theater. The theme for May is tongues. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The story you're about to hear is from our friend Blair Overstreet. She's a writer and teacher here in San Diego, and she's also involved with one of our sister storytelling organizations here called So Say We All. She helps produce uh, some of their shows called Vamp. Uh, You can find more information about So Say We All and all of the wonderful things that they do here in San Diego at SoSayWeAllOnline.com. Blair told a story on the theme of Ouch at Tiger Tiger Tavern live on March 8th. Enjoy. So as, uh, as Mary said, I'm from Mississippi. And as we all know, Mississippi uh, is, does not have a great educational system. And uh, I think that's fair to say. And I was very lucky, though. I was able to, in my junior and senior year, uh, go to a charter school, which was a public charter school. But you had to actually live on campus. So it was this, like, it was called the Mississippi School for Mathematics and Science. And all these, like, nerdy kids from all over Mississippi uh, traveled to... Uh, Columbus, Mississippi, and lived on this college campus, and we got to be taught by a lot of really amazing people, and it was just this really great opportunity to sort of get out of the schools that we that we were in. Now, it was in, this will be important later, it was in the town that I lived in, uh, so I didn't have to travel very far, uh, but you were still required to live on campus, so I'm just setting that up for later. Um, so I was a, a theater nerd when I was in high school, and uh, we were on our last night of rehearsal before the big show, which was the show called Dark Side of the Moon. And it's a story about Appalachian people. And so uh, I was annoyed because I had not gotten one of the major parts. And I just was one of the people in the background who were dressed in a rag dress with a rope as a belt, no sleeves, actual dirt on my face and like hair teased out without like a little bit of self-awareness about Mississippians stereotyping an entire group of people from Appalachia. Uh, But that is what we went with. That was the costuming that we went with. So this is what I'm wearing. Uh, No shoes also, no shoes. I have my shower shoes for being able to go from place to place, but no shoes also on stage. And so after rehearsal, we had this sort of two hour period where there's like study break time and you can like go and hang out on the lawn or whatever it is that you're doing. And we heard this like, oh, we gotta go. The seniors did this prank. There's this big prank. It was like the last week of school. And so, uh, so we're all running over there and there's this fountain 
and uh, it's not a drinking fountain. It's like one of those like pretty fountains. So if you can sort of imagine, it's a square. It's about this tall, and in the middle is a circle of uh, sort of like a metal circle that has water sort of shooting out of it, right? And so the super cool prank that they did, the seniors, was they put Mr. Bubbles in it. Um, it was the lamest thing in the whole world. Uh, but, you know, we were nerdy kids who were stuck on a campus away from our families for large portions of time with very little social life. So we're like, that's crazy. So, um, so we were all hanging out by the thing and, and, you know, splashing each other and, you know, doing that thing that, you know, teenage boys and girls do around water and inevitably of course as teenage boys and girls do around water a girl is going to get thrown into that water and uh so this guy josh who i we sort of had like an ongoing sort of flirty thing going on and he uh came up behind me and sort of wrapped his arms around me and was like oh like he was gonna pretend to throw me in and unfortunately mr bubbles is really slippery and when he was like, ha, 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 uh, and then I went in, and uh, as I went in, I impaled my face on one of the spigots that that water was shooting out of. Just let it sink in for a second, because I had no idea. Um, so there I am, impaled, not really aware, and, uh, you know, pull myself up, you know, as I'm submerged underwater. And uh, I look around at the faces, similar to the ones that I'm looking at right now, <laughs> and just, like, eyes get really big, and, uh, and, you know, I still have no idea. I thought that I had just, like, hit my face really hard and I see these faces and then all of a sudden guys start like ripping shirts off and handing them to me and I'm like you know putting it on my face so I knew there was like some damage still no idea right so I'm like holding it and you know Josh of course is like stricken and uh and I turn to him and I'm like eh, don't worry about it Josh if I were bigger than you I would have thrown you in <laughs> and I'm like still flirting with him as though this is like still gonna be an ongoing thing and so I'm like holding this thing of people, you know, and so I'm like, oh, it's cool. And so you do that thing, you know, like when you bite your tongue or you like bite the side of your cheek or something, you like go to test it with your tongue, right? And I go to test it with my tongue and my tongue went through my face. <laughs> All the way through to the other side. And this is when I know what we're dealing with. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all the cool, flirty Blair is completely gone. And it's just like this primal scream of realization, like, ah, you know. And uh, so I have this one scream, but I'm pretty good in a, in a, in a crisis. So I like, have this one scream where I sort of realize, and everybody's like silent. And then I'm like, we got to go. And so I turn around, and we start you know, walking back to the dorm. And there's this one girl next to me, like, holding the one flip-flop. Like, I don't know. Like, I was holding, I was wearing one, and she was holding my other shower shoe, you know. And we're, like, walking back to the dorm as quickly as we can. And my friend Breezy, no lie, says to me, don't worry, Blair. They can do amazing things with plastic surgery these days. And I, of course, had not even thought, like, oh, I'm going to be horribly disfigured. Like, this was not something that even, like, had crossed my mind. Like, you're going to be a monster for the rest of your life. Like, I had no clue until she... And so I even stopped 
to cuss her out and then like turned and it's okay, we're still friends. And um, I'm pretty sure she gets mileage out of this story at bars also. Um, so we get back to the, to the uh, dorm and the head resident person is, is there. And again, remember, drenched in water, drenched in blood, mountain people outfit. And um, I get there and Charlotte uh, says, not hurry, let's get in the car, quick, let's call 911. She says, have a seat. And so I have a seat. <laughs> Because what do you do? You're 16. You do what adults tell you. And uh, I sat down, and she picks up the phone, and she calls my mother. And remember, I, you know, again, as I said before, in the town that, uh, that the, the school is in. And she says, and I am a woman who's now worked at dorms before. I've worked at boarding schools. And she says, hello, Miss Overstreet. This is Charlotte from MSMS. Blair has been in an accident. She has a hole in her face. <laughs> These are the words that she uses to break the news to my mother. Not, she's fine, don't worry, we're going to take her to the hospital. She has a hole in her face. And then click, that's it. She like hangs on the phone. And so I, should, you know, shouldn't be me asking, but I said, well, what did she say? Is everything okay? And she said, I don't know. All I heard was Raymond, and then like a click. And that's my dad's name. And, uh, and so I assume that because it's a small town, she knew that there was just the one option of hospitals we were going to go to if her daughter has a hole in her face. And so she goes to the hospital. She's going to meet us there. And so we get into the Honda Civic of my, uh, sh my residential director, and we go to the hospital. Um, I walk in the door and I say, um, I'm somehow very calm still, like the adrenaline has not worn off, I'm not in extreme pain. And I say to the lady who's admitting, I say, um, hi, I'm Blair Overstreet, I'm actually Dr. Overstreet's daughter. And my dad works at the hospital, he's a psychiatrist. And <laughs> she gives me this face that took me until later to realize why she gave me that. She looked at me and she was like, because, rem remember, drenched in water, full blood, rope for a belt, fake dirt on your face. I am sure she thought that I was one of, like, his mental patients. Like, that, that it was like an admitting, like, okay, honey, have a seat over there, you know. And so, um, so my parents get there, and my mom, good for, like, making casseroles in a funeral. Not great when someone, like, breaks an arm. Like, one time, apparently, my, my brother fell off of a table when he was a kid and my mom just went and just like put her nose in the corner. This is not her strong suit, right? So she gets in there and she's like, my baby, my baby, oh my God, you know. And my dad did go to med school, though he became like a head shrink. And so he's seen blood before. And so he's trying to get my mom out of there. And so he says, Karen, go home and get her some clothes so that she has like something normal to wear. And she's like, okay. So she leaves and my dad says, well, let me, let me see it. And I, I do like this and show him and he does this like that. And I was like, what the hell? Like you don't, what kind of bedside manner is that? You don't do that to a person. You don't say, oh yeah, that looks terrible, right? 16 year old. And so, uh, so we, he said, look, I was a med school student and I was the one who sewed up people in emergency rooms. And so I am not going to let an emergency room person sew you up because I was a disaster. So he like called one of his buddies. And so we had to wait for him to come in from out in the country because that's where we are. And, um, and so my mom comes back like 10 minutes later, we live 15 minutes from the hospital. So I don't know how she got back in 10 minutes. And she came back with like, 
clothes I've never seen before, like a t-shirt from some business. It's as though like in her panic, she like climbed a ladder to the attic and went to like the furthest reaches of the corner. She just, her brain wasn't functioning very well. So anyway, they come in and the guy does the shots all the way around, numbs my face sews it up it's uh it's you know look a little bit like Frankenstein and uh and the next day I am determined to go to school because I want to make sure that Josh is okay he's not upset (laughs) and I want to make sure that I don't miss like a lot of my friends are graduating and it was like the last week and so uh so it was uh it was a story that of course was going around the you know people a lot of women apparently girls had like fainted in the lobby after they left covered in blood and there was all kinds of pandemonium and a lot of guys tried to like beat up Josh and like all these things so um but I will say this I I have a couple of regrets one is I have no pictures of myself from this time period because I was a 16 year old girl who did not want pictures of my horrible Frankenstein face um but the coolest thing was uh, because it was the last day of school the next day, I wanted to be able to go sneak off campus for the last time and go smoke a cigarette with my friend Breezy, the one with the uh, surgery, the one who told me about house of surgery. And so we did. We snuck off campus. And I uh, smoked a cigarette and smoke like came through the side of my face, like out So I had that cool party trick for like a couple of days. So uh, that's my story. Thank you. Blair Overstreet, there's been lots of... (sighs) Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our intern is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. Very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Legal Pete's, Greater Than Records, Sexy Pizza, Sexbot Comedy, From the Hip Photo, and Breckenridge Brewery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, And for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.